Hello, hello. Welcome to Cocktail Conversations. I'm your host, Shannon, and let me tell you, it's been a week. March has felt like, instead of three months, 2020 has felt like three years. There's been so many things that have happened, and each month it's a new thing. Normally I have a full slate of fun, fabulous topics and things that I've seen and want to discuss with you all, but Rona has taken over the news. Everywhere I look, it's Rona in the politics. Rona has the celebrities just TikToking in their home, doing little dance videos, swinging little arms around and stuff. It's taken over. It has taken over. So I'm going to talk to you about some things, briefly about some things, uh, because ain't much to talk about but the sickness, okay? Uh, One thing that came up in the news this past week as if we have not had a hard enough time. I literally just took my glasses off if you heard that clink because I needed to clear my mind. Our friend Andrew Gillum. I don't even know exactly what to say or how to say it. But according to the news, he was uh, in and according to him, let me see if I can meld what the news said and what he said in his statement. He was in Miami for an occasion for a friend. He says a wedding, right? Um, And whatever happened in the situation, he was in the room with these men. Another man had rented the hotel room for them or for one of them at least. And uh, his friend OD'd on methamphetamines and uh, he was too inebriated to really know what was going on, to respond, etc. Um, And so, of course, that was in the news. It brought up a lot of questions about his personal life um, and brought up a lot of questions about his well-being. And he has chosen to go into rehab for alcoholism. He said he started drinking a lot after he lost the governor's race. And so he is going to uh, curb his drinking by going into rehab. I am going to be a complete hypocrite because remember a few episodes ago when I told y'all that Snoop Dogg was on that bull about protecting our superheroes? Today I'm going to be like Snoop and protect my superhero. I'm not going to... Because I have too many people that know too many people that are friends of this person and friend of that person. And and I just... uh, Let me tell you, this for me does not change the fact that if Andrew Gillum runs for like Senate or governor again or any other thing, I'd probably still vote for him. I agree with his political stances. I'm not really the type of person that feels like, you know, he's not married to me. If he and his wife are cool, I'm cool with them. And so I vote based on political stances, not people's personal lives. I mean, in my mind, it's like this. You've got a doctor. One doctor, you love him, he goes to church with you, he does everything the way you do it, he has the same values as you, you enjoy his wife, he's a good, honest person. But he's a mediocre doctor, he makes decisions for your care based on his personal views, you desperately need this surgery, he doesn't think that's what God would want. And so, he, but, but he's a very sweet person and you love him. Versus this other doctor who doesn't have the same belief system as you, uh, may or may not have a traditional uh, lifestyle that you agree with, may have a partner that they have an open relationship, whatever the situation is, but morally, y'all don't swing the same way. However, this doctor is the best doctor. He treats you with kindness and love. He makes decisions based on what's best for your care. Which doctor do you choose? Your buddy, because he's your buddy, or the doctor that actually is 
going to do what's best for you as a patient, no matter their personal lives. That's how I look at politics. That's how I look at politicians. Um, It doesn't matter to me if you are doing, you know, if your marriage and your life and your family is just like mine, if you are making decisions that are detrimental to the well-being of my health as a person. So would I vote for Andrew again? Yeah, I sure would. I think what what we all can learn from this, whether you believe it, don't believe it, think it's this, think it's that. I don't really care what you think other than we all need to be reminded to be mindful of the friends that we have and the company we keep. I, whether I don't, you know, I just there's certain things that, you know, you got too much skin in the game. You can't hang with someone who has none. You have too many people watching you. If you're a teacher, you're a pastor, you're a politician, you're any of these sort of uh, positions that people tend to highly moralize, right? You can't slip up. And even if you have not done anything, you, the individual person, haven't done anything, if something comes up with your friend who's doing something, people have a tendency to look at you. When I was a kid, my grandma used to, uh, and I hate it when she said it, but doggone it, when you get old, you find out they're right, right? She would always say, well, it just don't look right. Whenever I'd be like, well, that's not this and that's not a big deal and I'm not doing this. Well, it just don't look right. And I hated it because, you know, but we still have a society that does not look at what it is. We look at what it looks like. And so unfortunately, this is a reminder or should be a reminder for all of us that if you've got too much to lose, you cannot hang with people who don't respect that position in your life. We've all grown up with friends and loved ones and cousins and family who have a different path than some of us, you know, and and you can love them. That's still your buddy. You know that they do things that ethically you don't agree with or you cannot do professionally or otherwise. And and you just have to say, eh, eh, mm. sis, I can't go with you there, bruh, you're not going to do that around me. So that's what I'm taking from this. I think that's what we can all take from this. It's just that reminder that you just can't hang with everybody in every way. That sucks, but that's what it is. So let's talk about the elephant in the room, and that is Rona. The coronavirus has ruined everything. She's ruined all my networking events. She's ruined all of my fun. The truth about Corona, she's a sick little girl. And I'm, I'm tired of her. Uh, the coronavirus has uh, a lot of our favorites and a lot of uh, our not so favorites have tested positive for it. The NBA shut down. Half the Utah Jazz has it. Kevin Durant has it. Um, Tom Hanks, who is an American treasure, and his wife Rita Wilson have it. Um, and then, and this is when I knew the aunties went crazy. Idris Elba, my God on high came on the interwebs with his beautiful accent and told us that he tested positive for the coronavirus. I knew then that maybe we'd be okay because I've never seen so many black women go into immediate prayer, prostrate before the Lord, heads bowed, speaking in tongues a word of healing over their favorite handsome man. I mean, Idris will be fine because the saints, the saints won't let him fall. We enjoy seeing his fine tail. So he'll be fine. I believe he'll be fine. Just from the prayers of the of the lusty, he'll be okay. He'll pull through. 
But it just sucks, man. Especially, you know, I keep saying if if you have an extrovert in your life and I am an extrovert, this is a tough time for us. I have not, you know, I like to plan my happy hours. I like to plan going places, my networking events. I can't do any of those sort of like, let's plan for this or let's get together. Mm -mm. The hope of going out has been stolen from me. (laughs) Ah, Corona. You're the worst. You're the absolute worst. And I'm tired. That's pretty much all that's been going on. It's going to be a short episode because I ain't got nothing to talk about except for the inside of my house at this point. The Publix was a nightmare. What are y'all doing with all this toilet paper? Were your behinds not clean before? What are you guys doing with all of these like... And why are you buying all the produce, but the seasoning is still on the racks? Do you all know how to cook at all? You're buying all these things, but you're not making complete meals. Just taking rice. But I see garlic. I see pepper. I see all of the things you need to make a full meal still on the shelves. And I'm thinking, y'all are wasting the food. Please do not go to a Publix, a Walmart, a Kroger. Uh, a Wegmans, wherever you are located and there's good food and you don't really know how to cook, go to those uh, complete frozen meals. If that's what you know, you don't know what you're doing, go there. Get some frozen pizzas. Get the frozen french fries. Get the things that you can cook. But the rest of us who cook on the regular, we need our supplies on the regular. Don't be up there buying stuff you don't know how to season. Now is not the time to try something you saw on the Food Network four years ago during the Thanksgiving recipe season. And now you're like, oh, now I'm gonna make split pea soup. You've never tried it. You're gonna ruin the food. You're being wasteful in this time of emergency. Ugh. That's it. Corona has ruined everything. So we're gonna take a short break. I'm being joined today by Sisters in Sports. Sisters in Sports uh, are, they're an organization near and dear to my heart because it's literally my friends. <laughs> but they are two women who work in uh, sports and in athletics, and they are trying to shine a light and a focus and create sort of a unity around women who work in athletics. And so we're going to have a conversation with them, talking about what it's like to work uh, where the boys are and uh, the challenges and the advantages they may face. So stay tuned, we'll have them in just a moment. excited to have my guest here. We are being joined by Tiffany and Alex, who are better known on the interwebs as the Sisters in Sports. Sisters in Sports is their uh, media and uh, entertainment and sports related company that they do. Um, And it was founded in 2016. Uh, But I'm going to let them explain a little bit about themselves and their background. Tiff, if you'd like to go first, and then Alex, uh, give us a little lowdown on your background. 
Sure, sure. So we are excited to be on Cocktail Conversations with you, Shannon. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, Sisters in Sports or Sisters in Sports is an online destination celebrating um, and inspiring women in professional sports on and off the field. So, um, yeah, we started in 2016 and really out of a need to connect with other women. Um, a lot of times, in particular women of color, um, a lot of times in our workspaces, we're one of few, one of two. Um, and that was really the case when Alex and I were colleagues, is we were one of two and really looking for avenue to connect with other women like us. Um, a lot of times you do hear about women, um, you know, the athlete portion and things like that, but we definitely are all in the spaces um, from from off the field, from production to writing to um, corporate relations. So we really wanted to be, uh, begin a platform that celebrated all women in sports. Awesome. Alex, go ahead. Well, I think she said it in a nutshell. Uh, <laughs> uh, as my sister friend so eloquently stated, um, I also used to work uh, alongside Tiffany um, back in the day, and we are now unfortunately split in Tampa and Atlanta, but still doing our thing and looking to do big things in 2020 and connect with other women. So I am excited about what is to come and what we've done so far. And yeah, I think she said it all right there. Awesome. And what I wanted to have, I initially told Tiffany, fun fact, if you don't know us, Alex is one of my closest friends and Tiffany is definitely my closest friend because she's my cousin. Um, <laughs> so a while back when I was, yes, we're fam fam. So, uh, a while back when I mentioned having Tiff on the show, I was like, yes, let's do this. You're very worky. And she was so offended. And so, but in my mind, you're very like about your business. It was not, you know, but I get it. Nobody wants to be associated with work all the time. So, but thank you anyway, for talking about work on my show. Uh, of course. Thanks. But if we must, I'm with it. Oh, if, <laughs> well, you can, listen, <laughs> listen, I'm going to get into the tea. You're in a super male-dominated field. Uh, what is that like? What challenges do you face specifically as women in sports? Ooh, how much time do we have? My goodness. Listen, I'll cut it for time if you need to. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, well, I guess I'll start. Um, challenges. Well... I think any time where you don't see a lot of people that look like yourself, it already becomes an intimidation factor, specifically mm -hmm. for me. Um, I think that when there's any industry where you don't see people of color or black women or women, anyone that has anything that is remotely closely related to who you are, you don't see that, it comes to a point where it's like, well, Am I a value? What's the point? Like, is there anywhere for me to go here? Because I don't see anybody else that looks like me. Um, I know Tiffany and I were working together. She mentioned it was one of two in our department. But I think, what was it, about seven in the whole building, maybe, mm. Tiff? And I don't, maybe that's, over 100 and Yeah, I'd say that's on a good month, right? Like, ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was, I think that was maybe at its peak when we had that. And that's kind of how Sisters in Sports kind of um, became a thing. Because I remember at one point, Tiffany, a lot of people would call, call us by each other's names. I would be Tiffany or one of the other ladies that were working there at the time. And I think that's a challenge in itself where 
for whatever reason, it's so easy to remember, you know, 40 white women or 40 black, 40, 40 white men in the building. But for whatever reason, two black women, you can't figure out which one is which. And mm. I think that's kind of where it started for me, realizing how challenging the industry can be. And I'm not saying that it's just in sports and female domination. I think it's anywhere. Anywhere where we're not represented, you know, I, I can't really explain why that's so hard, but I just, that, I think that for me was, was, it was new for me. That was new for me. I was not used to that. Yeah. I definitely think with sports, you know, you can't be what you can't see. And a lot of women don't know how they can work in sports because we see the front facing, either you're a player on the field, you're a coach, which seems to be mostly men, black men are on the field or on the court. And then white guys are their coaches. And so I think a lot of women in general don't even know that there are jobs there for them to do. How did you all decide that sports would be what you wanted to work with? Can I speak for myself? And we may all have kind of a similar story is um, I loved um, entertainment and sports. I liked how it brought people together. Kind of some of my memories growing up was, you know, going to sports, um, you know, going to sports games with family. And so that was always a, a you know, a favorite pastime. Um, and then I was involved in a program here that um, when I was in high school that introduced um, high school students to professional sports in the area. And from that time, I was exposed to all the different professions and things like that. And it really did open my eyes to say like, wow, kind of as we were just saying, like, there's so much beyond just the field, right? There's all these mm-hmm. different elements from entertainment to accounting, you know, you really, you really dive deep in it. Um, there's an occupation for every, um, for everybody in the sport world. Um, so I, that's really how I was introduced to it and really kind of always had it top of mind. So when I went to college, um, I took, um, classes and courses around that also worked um, with athletic media relations at my college. So kind of always was looking for different opportunities and trying to find my lane and what I was good at, of course, in life, (laughs) but then how it would relate to sports and entertainment. Gotcha. Gotcha. So my story is kind of similar. Um, I grew up in a football world, a football household um, here in Atlanta. So my dad's been um, a season ticket holder for uh, NFL teams for many years, and that's kind of where my love started. And I kind of, growing up, had this mentality. I definitely was a tomboy, and a tomboy in a sense where anything a boy wanted to do, I knew I could do it too. Not necessarily I could do it better, but I knew that, hey, if he could do it, I could do it. So I went through this. I don't want to say it was a phase, but I went through this time of my life where I just wanted to learn about football. I wanted to, you know, have all the players' jerseys and, you know, that kind of – at one point I wanted to be the first uh, woman football coach. You see how that turns out? But it's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was, like, a part of my thing. And when I used to watch games, I used to see Pam Oliver on TV, and she was the only black girl, black woman that I remember seeing on TV. And so she kind of became the person – I was like, I want to do that. I know how to talk about this game, and I knew that I wanted to go to journalism school. So fast forward to college, I realized um, in that college at Beehive University, um, there was a sports management program there, 
And I had already realized that I didn't really want to pursue journalism and news anymore or sports news after having a few internships. So I was like, oh, I kind of want to work on the business side. So with minoring in sports management, um, I started learning about the different avenues and how you can get into the business, whether mm-hmm. it's working in facilities or working in community relations and all these things where you don't necessarily have to be on TV or be an athlete. There are opportunities to work for teams. So after thousands of applications and prayer, uh, years later, still in the business. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> That's how I ended up in it, eventually applying and getting my break. Awesome. And that was that. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. So you all are not just women, but you're black women. And recently, and I would say, I'm meaning at the last few years, the issues of race, police brutality, uh, protests, all those sorts of things became really, really prominent, particularly in football, with Colin Kaepernick and Take a Knee and all of those things. And uh, as fans, I know a lot of us were eagerly seeing trying to figure out what the teams and the players were going to do. How does that affect you all as people who work behind the scenes and are black people? <laughs> a lot. I mean, it's, I think it's something that very recently um, Alex and I have spoken about, just kind of how it affected us. Um, because it is, it's, it's difficult because, you know, some of the things that are, you know, it's, it's difficult. Like you have your personal opinion because you, it could be you, it could be someone in your family member, it could be, you know, someone mm-hmm. down the street, it could be anybody that looks like us. And, you know, if you're in a forward-facing or a fan-facing um, role, you hear it a lot. And some of the times, you know, it's, there's a lot of the times it's things that you don't agree with, right? Or you want to give your personal opinion. Um, so it's absolutely difficult because, you know, at the end of the day, trolls are trolls and they're going to say things with the intent to hurt you or to say that they're hurting the team and not realizing, you know, Hey, guess what? The person on the other side of the phone, like is black, right? Like you're talking to me about, you're saying the word thug, you're saying the words, you know, I've had on the phone someone said the N word before, you know, and I literally had to say, Hey, guess what? I'm a black woman, you know? So it's, it's, it's difficult because that's personal, right? Like I'm taking it personal, but at the end of the day, you're talking about a part of me. You're talking about part of my identity. You're talking about, you know, things that I may or may not agree with. Um, so it definitely hits home. Um, it's something that takes a toll. Um, I think, you know, building these communities of people, women of color, being in the communities, um, of black sports professional health because we're able to talk about it and um in a decent you know non-censored environment um that really kind of helps us speak truly about the effects that it has on us mm. retweet um and i'll add for me and i i remember tiffy and i when we were in the same department we both were in customer facing roles and, and I, I still am to this day. And at the time, I remember when things were happening because it was right, what was that, 2016 or 2015 or when all this stuff started and there was also election year where the current man in the White House was also kind of polarizing what was happening. So mm-hmm. it, it all just, 
it's it, it's Janet. It sucks. It sucks. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think I've recovered from it mentally as mm-hmm. far as how I used to be excited about talking about sports. I've gone. You're talking about somebody that will watch NFL Network or ESPN on a daily. I can't even tell you, except for now that everything is kind of going crazy with virus. But prior to that, I can't tell you the last time I've consecutively watched a sports network. That's how it's affected me. And I think what people don't realize, and a lot of my friends, you know, at the time were asking me, like, how do you feel about it? And you can't, like, put on your social media. You want to tweet how you feel. You want to Instagram how you feel. And the challenge with working in sports is what people don't realize is that you can say everything you want about the owners and that, you know, the leagues are trash and NFL is trash and blah, 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 but there's no escape for us. Mm. You know, whatever career that Ashley has in Wall Street, they may have racists that are owning their, you know, organization, but nobody's talking about that, yeah. you know, but us, sports, it's everywhere. I got to hear about it with my fans. I got to hear about it with the people I work with. I got to hear about it when I walk out the door. I go on my social media, on my TV. It literally almost was no escape for a very, very long time. And so you're hearing negativity from fans that were not people of color. And then you're hearing, you know, your black friends and black people all over the world saying, well, sports is trash and this and that. It's like, where... Where do you fit? And I know for me, it was a mental struggle at some point because you literally felt like you can't escape from it. And it took a toll. And Mm -hmm. a part of me still feels like I haven't recovered because people ask me about what do you think about just random football conversations just about the team. And I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. Whatever. If this was five years ago or ten years ago, you, and I know I hadn't known you guys in college, but if it was, if you would have met the Alex 10 years ago in college, everything about my social media was sports at that time. I used to talk mad trash. Just, you know, the fan was real. But now I, I get up, I go to work every day, and I do my job, and that's about it for me. And that's what sucks, because I feel like I still haven't recovered from it personally. And I'm not sure when I will, hopefully soon, but I'm not sure. I mean, it sounds like to me, you guys are sort of stuck in the middle in some ways because you have the team, the players, and the people that are actually like on the actual field court sports area doing the stuff. Whatever things they do that are, you know, not flattering, you guys have to deal with it. And then the fans are also slamming back at you. You guys are the middleman. Um, right. Which means you're getting it on both sides, and there's no. Ooh, that sounds overwhelming. Well, you, well, if you think about it, Chen, and you know, I think aside from music, sports is probably the only industry that you really just have people from all over in one space for three hours a day. You yeah. know, let's say, or NBA, or NFL, or hockey, or whatever the sports league that you favor. Whatever else is going on in the world doesn't matter for that couple of hours when you're cheering on this sports team. And you know what? More so than even music, I think, because with music, we tend Mm -hmm. to be split to genres. You know, all the country fans Mm -hmm. are majority one way. Most of the, Mm -hmm. I would say most of the rap fans are majority one way, but we went to that 
one Kendrick concert <laughs> and we learned that they were not Woo! <laughs> Woo, child. We, that's another that, that's a story from another day <laughs> we love Kendrick Lamar we love you the entire fan base was young whites who did not feel any kind of concern about saying the n-word around us it was like oh alright correct it's yeah. that kind of party we'll, we'll leave it at that <laughs> right but even with, with music, it's more segregated, um, either by age or mm-hmm. by interest or by race, than football. I mean, right. somebody years ago I heard somebody say football is America's real religion because that is where mm-hmm. people of all cultures, ages, and races get together and, and engage. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that is one of the few spaces in which everyone has a thought or an opinion. That's one of the things that I loved about sports is like it does like you don't know the other people sitting beside you and their views and things like that. But it didn't really matter because every at the end of the day, everybody's cheering on the same thing and kind of the same with music. I know, like you said, the genres, but like if you're at a particular, you know, concert, everybody's a fan of that. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. you know, with the whole climate that we're in and you know, going back to Colin Kaepernick, that's the one time where like it was definitely a split and people were and very yeah. It was definitely divided. It was it was a time where I just remember, and I'll be transparent, because I feel like I can do that on cocktails and conversations. Hey! Yeah. Right. I just remember, even to this day, like, I even had thoughts about the military. When people, ever, anybody brought up veteran in the military, like, I, I got annoyed. And I, mm. and I felt convicted because it's like, if it wasn't, if you weren't for Kaepernick, then you were against the military, you know? Well, if you were for Kaepernick and what he was protesting, which is actually police brutality and people of color, then you were against the military. And it's like, mm, that's not true. That veteran, yeah. word, veteran word, veteran word, veteran word. And I'm like, now I have like this ill wheel towards veterans, which I do not just making that statement. But in the midst of what was going on, it was either you were on one side or against. And it became this national war against black people in the military. And it's like, how did we get here? Mm-hmm. This is not what it was about. And going back to your original question, as a person of color, as an employee, yeah, I'm picking black people first. <laughs> <laughs> because at the end of the day, that's what I am. Yeah. And that was a struggle, especially, you know, with how many folks in the military that are fans of, you know, sports and NFL teams. Yeah, that 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 was hard, very hard. And uh, you know, it's so interesting you brought up like that co-opting of American symbols because you know football is truly America's game. And it was sort of insulated from a lot of the political stuff that was going on until Colin Kaepernick was like, no, I want y'all to pay attention. And the reaction of some was just anger that he was making them pay attention to something that they could have easily breezed past and been okay with, right? And how it does make you feel like there are certain things that symbolically, you you know, shift when something like that happens I you know you mentioned like hearing all of the veteran 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 making you feel like wait are you just trying to make me shut up and not talk about what's happening I have gone through that phase where like when I go to businesses and everything is very patriotic and there's flags everywhere I don't feel safe anymore I'm like hmm agreed yeah do you know what I mean like why are you why are you pushing your Americana at me and it's like unfortunate because you live in America. You should have flags everywhere and be fine with it. But at this point, those symbols have been so uh, 
massively co-opted by a group of people that have proven that they don't want some of us safe, that it's, it's, it's hard to balance that sort of thing between the two. So I totally get that. Which leads me to my next question. You guys have very demanding jobs, crazy hours, and you mentioned earlier feeling like when, when it's about something like sports that you're getting it all the time. How do you build in a balance between work and your personal life? Uh oh, uh oh. Can I sip my cocktail? <laughs> <laughs> sip up, That's sip up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's, you know, it's, it, it marries, right? Like my friends, and you probably know, Shannon, like there's certain times of the year where, you know, okay, I'm not going to see Tiffany. Or you just, you know, it, it just, it's yeah. kind of the, the flow of the, the season that I'm in. And, and, you know, people tend to kind of know, like, on weekends... We won't see you. Off, there's no you know, free Sundays. There's, yeah, there's, you know, the time is limited. So I think I try to spend as much time with my friends and family as I can. Um, I try to, you know, invite them to a football game to try to merge the two. Um, <laughs> you know, just, I think, just trying to, you know, kind of build it all around and... Um, still kind of maintaining like what what who am I outside of work right like we talk about that all the time like who are we and what are the things we want to work on and I think that's a beautiful thing about citizen sports because it allows us to you know balance it with with keeping the dialogue and like who we are and what of our strengths are because I feel like so many times that we deep dive into our work so much and I think having the outlet of citizen sports to get out and network and meet people is kind of a good marriage in between like a work and life and kind of keeping things moving outside of um, your respective offices. I love it. Alex, are you done sipping your cocktail? Do you have an idea? <laughs> Yeah, she's 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 out. I'm good. No, I, um, I think for me, well, a few a few things. Number one, I in the role that I have, I do not have work email on my phone. That's the first thing. That's where I start my balance because I have a role where I'm customer facing. Mm. I get a lot of emails from you know external, internal, and and I don't want to be on Saturday brunch with my friends and family and I get an email and all of a sudden my mood is ruined. You know, like yeah. I, I, I first do that. And until I'm in a role that requires it of me, the notifications will be off on weekends, but that's the first thing for me. Um, and I think Tiffany said it best. You just have to figure out what else you, you enjoy outside of work. Cause I've never been one to want my job to define who I am. Uh, that's just what pays my bills and what is a part of me and what I do during the week. But if anybody knows me, I enjoy a good time. And I think you both can attest to that. <laughs> I, you know, I, I enjoy a good time. So when I'm trying this restaurant, um, I think the great thing about working in sports is that you know your season. And I mean, you know the off season, you know busy times for your department, you know when it picks up. So like Tiffany said, on certain times of the year, you know, friends want to plan a trip this is not the time I can do it. So I know for me personally, I give myself things to look forward to. Uh, there are certain holidays or certain months where I know this month I'm going to do something, whether it's vacation or I'm going to do a quick trip to see my Tiffany and Shannon Tampa or hey. I want to go to the National or I want to go to D.C. 
see you, I went to school, and my friends were there. Like, I try to make it a point to give myself during those long periods, kind of like school. You know, you had spring break, and now mm-hmm. the kids got midwinter break. I try to give myself those in my work schedule. So I know that after MLK weekend, I got a long stretch until the NFL draft or, you know, until it gets slow again. So I know myself, late March, April, I'm planning something, and that gives me kind of motivation to keep going so I can get to that point. And then again, you know, it slows down for us in the summertime, and then it picks back up again. So you just kind of, that's something personally that I do is give my thing self look forward to to in those busy times where I know I don't really have much time on the weekend. Yeah. Give myself that slow period. I, I plan things in advance so I know that well if I could just get to March. All right, now I just gotta get to May. Right. You know, that helps me. I think it's good to set up personal mile markers. Like I know one of the things you guys have the luxury of this because I, I miss the school schedule of like I made it through a grade and I have a summer off. You know, when you Right. When you're just going and going and going, you're like, am I, do I get an A? Did I do well? So for you guys, you have that sort of a schedule of knowing, okay, yeah. I can make it until January, February, if your team goes to the Super Bowl, and then I know that we get a break, which is a good way to even, to structure your balance. If that's, that's a long time to, to take a break though. That's a long time. Yes, it is. So in the meantime... There are foods, there are family and friends, cocktails with Shannon. So <laughs> that's how I live it. <laughs> that helps me. <laughs> so let me ask this question. Both of you, particularly Alex, is single and ready to mingle, right? Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> sip, your, sip your drink. Sip your drink. Just sip it. Okay. When you're meeting new people... Are, you know, are men more attracted to you because they know you're a sports girl or are they intimidated by your accomplishment, your level of knowledge when it comes to the game? Um, it's definitely the not intimidation at all. It's a conversation starter. I'll say that. Um, for me... I've always been able to have a conversation about sports. So, and my personality is very outgoing anyway. So, it is definitely a conversation piece. It's like, oh, you work for who? Oh, you know this? Da, da, da. Oh, okay. It's almost kind of like a test at that point. And then it becomes into this weird, like, conversation kind of to see what I know. That makes it a little awkward. And that, that, I'm like, then like I Like they're quizzing you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why are you quizzing me? Like, I don't really have nothing to prove. It was just a question that you asked me and I answered. Now we can move on about, okay, so what do you like to do for fun aside from this? But, uh, <laughs> so for me, it's definitely never intimidation. I think it's kind of fun, but I also am the type of person that's like, okay, you have to challenge me. Let's go. Let's, let's, you want to do this? We can do this. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty, I, I, I enjoy it. I know for me, I'm the type of person that, if I have, if I'm off when we have a game away, I will go to a bar and sit at the bar and uh, we'll watch the games by myself. I'm very, I'm very like that. So, and then of course there's a bunch of men sitting at the bar or around and we're already best friends and, you know, that kind of starts a conversation too. So it's always fun. Sometimes men get weird and start quizzing and, 
you know, kind of like they don't believe you. And then some think it's great, and we have the conversation, and we move on to other things, which is what I would prefer anyway. So, so <laughs> Tiff, we were asking if you had any experiences that were odd in terms of, like, meeting men and when they find out that you do sports and sporty things out when you're mingling and whatnot. I know you're booed up, but still. Well, my experiences were odd just meeting men in general, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's fair. <laughs> I think I can probably count on, like, two fingers how many men I met during my tenure with working in professional sports. I'm now dating, but um, and he works in professional sports, so he, of course, is very familiar uh, with the industry, but before then, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like I said, the two occasions, um, I, I don't know. I don't think it was like a conversation starter. If anything, we probably get it. Oh, I probably get it from more like family and like random people. I mean, oh, what are we going to do with so-and-so or what's going to happen with this or how about that team and how about that team? So I don't have the dating experience, but certainly my family, um, is always asking as if, I, you know, I am, like, right there in the coach's room and making the decision. Um, but no, that's true. That is very true. That's true. Because my dad asked you as if, like, why did they let this person? I'm like, Dad, she's not in charge of that. Like, why? And sometimes I'm like, well, did we? I don't know. <laughs> Between that and people asking, well, so have you met any players yet? Oh, I, every time someone asks that, I'm like, yes. But even if I have, why do I need somebody born in 1938, ma'am? You know what, though? I forget how young they are now. Because (laughs) I forgot. I forget every year, like, oh, these babies are, these are youths. Yeah. Like, as I'm getting older, we players are getting older, and we're also pushing that limit of year 2000. So... Uh, that's me enough. Like I just want to get out. Think about it. Think about it. Well, I do. Because I know. I'm like, <laughs> what do I need somebody in the NFL draft or NBA draft at 21? I was like, no. Who am I doing that? We too old for watching the drafts. Watching the drafts is looking okay. you right out of college. Right. <laughs> there are no potential husbands if you are over 28 coming out the draft. Okay. It's just not a thing. Yeah, that that's always a fun question. That's that's always a fun one. You ain't met nobody yet. We're trying no, to get I you on one of those NFL sports uh, shows. That's really what the secret is. Listen, I don't need to be on nobody's camera. I, 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 no. I have tried to sign you up, Jen, and I have a cousin that does casting, and she's looking Tiffany, for a good. Tiffany wants you to be on a reality show like nobody's business. I would watch it religiously. I would. Because you're really funny, Alex. I would love to watch you on TV. I I just don't think I'm that entertaining. I really don't. I don't think I'm not. I'm not dramatic for what? Like I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm fun dramatic. Like I'm gonna be like Candy Burris on Real Housewives. Like everybody loves her, but she's kind of boring. Like she ain't really into drama. You feel me? Like you know, I'm not about to be a Kenya. I'm not showing. No, 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 no. No one who's mentally stable is going to be a Kenya. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, people want to see anger and fights and stuff. You know, I'm not about that. 
I'm 11, not a fighter. I like to so, see fun mm-hmm. on my reality shows now. Maybe that's because I'm older. Like, the more people, I like when people are just goofy and stupid on shows now. It's really fun as opposed to fights. Absolutely. So maybe I'm just in a different place. Yeah, I think we all are, which is why I'm like, well, I don't need to be on nobody's uh, camera. Nope. Nope. <laughs> they have to, when they find, do they, they have a black bachelorette yet? Maybe I'll be the first. In a second. I don't watch that show. But oh, I love family. that. <laughs> we had, um, we tried it. We had Slave of Slaves. You're welcome. Oh, no, no. <laughs> no, I Love New York oh. was the first black. I Love New York. You're yeah. right. We, we tried. Oh, we we are today. Yes. Omarosa had a dating show once. Uh, uh, and I only uh, remember it because uh, I'll be sure was a contestant <laughs> and he managed to sing night and day about everything the entire show. Not yes, he was. He managed to work every, oh. he, it didn't matter what the occasion, they had to hear, let me tell you how I feel about, <laughs> like, this challenge was not at all about you making up this song, but here we go. <laughs> no, we okay. got time for that. We got time for that. Work this good recording album right out of it. <laughs> Y'all go get these songs, that's what he was saying. <laughs> I'll be sure we honor you as well. I'll we be sure we speak your name. We, we, speak, we say his name. Yes, speak your name. <laughs> <laughs> what advice do you guys have for women that might be interested in getting involved in sports or working in this arena? I would say, you know, learn as much as you can. Be very clear about what it is that you want. I think, you know, with anything, especially with your career, it has to be a relationship. So be able to know your worth. And especially in such a competitive field, I think there's a an underbelly or like kind of the elephant in the room, so to speak, of, you know, hey, if, if you don't like what you're doing or if you don't like your position or where the direction is something, something's going hey, we've got a million other applicants that will take your place. So I think, you know, being strong in what it is that you bring to the table and your unique value proposition um, and, and learn as much as you can. And, you know, but also, you know, understand that there are business opportunities um, that you can do on your own, right? Like you can start your own business and, and be in sports, but really, really know what you're doing and, and do your research and, and understand the relationship of building your career with um, organizations. Cool, cool. Alex, do you have anything Alex. to add? Um, oh man. Um, I, with, without this trying to sound negative, I'm trying to, hopefully it doesn't sound negative, but I will hope that young girls, young men, whoever wants to be in that will realize it's not all glamour. Um, and I mean that as if it's hard work, sometimes low pay for what you, the work that you do. Um, that's number one. I hear, I get sent resumes all the time and a lot of people, I want to be a sports agent or I want to do this. And I'm like, okay, well, hold on. Let's, let's scale back as to what you really think working for a team means. Mm-hmm. Because an agent is not going to mean that you're about to work for a team. Go to law school. You know, I think people have to do, like Tiffany said, their research at what it really takes to do certain positions. And I think that's just due to 
not knowing what positions are out there, which is a very, very fair thing. I think the sports industry doesn't really necessarily do a great job of explaining about what people do, but we just never had that outlet before. And I think now we're in a time where people have more access and there's more network opportunities. You can learn more. So prior, you know, the past 10 years in the world of social media, I don't think there was really a way to know what opportunities were available in sports. So I think that research is definitely key. Understand that it's a very small business. So relationship building a hundred percent is important like any industry, but with sports, it's very, very small. You have to think about the leagues, you know, think about NFL and NBA. There's only 30, 30 plus options, you know, how small that is. And then to narrow it down to the people of color that are within it, try to milk every person that you meet or join networking opportunities, join groups, anybody that has something that's similar to you, try to find a connection if possible. Um, and have fun. Like it is fun despite all the, the hardships. It still can be fun. And, you know, I'm still in a place where I want to get to get back fun for myself, just being transparent, but it's still fun. It, it's fun and enjoy it. And I think if you're passionate about it with anything, you'll find a way to still make it fun. And I think other advice I would give, like teams are also not the only option. There's agencies, there's marketing HC, there's advertising, there's working for Nike, working for Adidas. Like there's bigger brands that have sports outlets, you know? So also look into those options and figure out where your skill set and what you're passionate about and how it fits because a lot of industries touch sports. Even though it may not necessarily be a team, you still have ways to touch sports. And even with our brand, our brand started because we decided that's something we were going to do and have been blessed to have opportunities to meet with so many people from other sports teams and other people that are doing their own thing. I mean, sometimes even creating your own and putting yourself out there helps too. I mean, the amount of people me and Tiffany and I have met because of physical sports and not because of who we work for is amazing because we decided, hey, let's figure it out. Let's find the outlet where people are like us, and let's build off that. It's a need for it. So, Yeah. I think both of you tapped on something that we don't hear enough and we didn't hear enough growing up, you know, up is that sometimes you got to build your own lane. We always say stay in your lane, find your lane. But sometimes you have to create a whole new thing that you haven't seen before so that you can mm-hmm. thrive in that. Um, so I think that's good advice for anybody who's listening, no matter what their field is. Cause I don't, I don't do the sports. I just tag along when y'all have events. <laughs> we honor you as well. Thank you. Thank you. We I we definitely, I went to <laughs> one of my favorite fight. nights was when they did last year, they had the, what was the women's final four, uh, mm-hmm. in Tampa. I don't know nothing about no ladies playing basketball, but I sure was at those parties having a great time. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and that's, and that's the cool thing about the industry is that even though if you're not in a game, um, like last year when Tiffany came up to Atlanta for Super Bowl, like there was an event, was it Nike that put it on? I don't remember who put it on. I, I didn't make it because I was working. But I think it was like that Friday night you were at some art. Some, I don't, who was it? By? I don't remember, but. It was yeah, it was Nike. Yeah, Nike, like. There's so many other opportunities to network because you don't get these opportunities but once in a lifetime. I hate that, even with everything that's going on in the world, like the Final Four was about to be in Atlanta, 
next month. And now, unfortunately, it's canceled, but I was about to have my business cards ready. You know, this was about to come up, and we were going to, you know, network our face out there just to meet other people that are going to be uh, involved in it. Because anytime there's an event, there's probably an opportunity of smaller events to meet people. Even though you may not be at the Super Bowl, but it's a weak experience of other panels and discussions and all these things. That's That's great. Great. I mean, it's, a, it's a great way for other professional black sports professionals, at least that we come in contact to meet. Like, we're online. Mm-hmm time in these communities and whether we're on our group meet chat or whether we're connecting with women on sisters and sports like whenever there's a big sporting event we're always trying to connect with each other like hey are you going to chicago are you going to la for this event and it's like all right let's have a meetup let's really like meet each other and that's where the connections are made and that's where the relationships are made because you know i guess kind of another another caveat to that is that's what makes a difference like that might get you the next job um, Mm -hmm. building that relationship with that other person you know other um you know other cultures have been able to do that just fine and i think that these are the opportunities that we need to kind of capitalize and say absolutely like you got to put yourself out there and show people and be confident with what you can do and those are the kind of avenues that are available um anytime there's a big sporting event is to be able to say all right who's in this city that i can go and meet there's always outside networking events surrounding those big events like you said that you know the super bowl is one one night, but the week leading into there, there's full of opportunities to meet people and activations going on to get involved with. I love it. I love it. Right now, no one can network because of the quarantine, but once Rona is done, I can't wait to get out and meet people and do those things that you guys (laughs) talked about, because that is really, really important. Building our networks is this next step that we need in order to to advance and to thrive and doing so... Mm -hmm you know, can make the, a huge difference in development professionally and personally. It's always good to meet people. Do you have anything else you'd like to add or chat about? Um, yeah, follow at This Is In Sports <laughs> on Facebook and on Instagram. <laughs> no, but it's, it's always great. Um, you know, super proud of you, Shannon, for doing cocktails. Uh, conversations with Shannon. I think it's a great platform to be able to have an open dialogue um, from for men and women, really, to kind of share what's going on from their perspective in the world. I love it. I love it. Alex? Yes, I love it. Yes, follow us. We love connecting with uh, men and women. Like, Susan Sports is not just uh, for women. We celebrate women and what men have to realize is that you could be an ally for us to enjoy our own space as well. And thank you, Shannon, for having us. Thank you both for not abandoning me since I went to it, moved back home to Atlanta. I love you both, my sister friends, and Aww. I can't wait to see you all again for sure. And we love you. Whenever that time comes. <laughs> Next time you come to town, I need to take several naps before you get here. Because you wore listen, me clean out. Listen, listen, 30 hits you different. You know, Maybe. y'all know I'm new in the 30 game. Y'all know I'm new into the 30 role. It hits you different. I got to have my nap. My free game is nap, not cocktails and oh. nap. <laughs> <laughs> I need to say this off. I have a free game. Are you trying to free game? Yeah, so that means we're napping from 7 to 8, and then we get out at 9. Great. Yeah. That's what I mean. Free yeah. game for nap. I'm about to start that. Listen, okay? I can oh, still hang, but yeah, it's better with a nap involved. <laughs> I'm telling you. 
Listen, I'm just trying to keep up with y'all. Keep up with y'all young folk. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> yeah. I love you guys. I love you too. Are you guys still selling those cute shirts too? We are. Oh, yeah. This is a merch. Um, and buy a shirt. We have a couple of different ones. We have one of our statement tees that says this is in sports. And then we have one that's a legendary tee that celebrates some of the legendary women in sports from Sloan Bowles to Cheryl Swoops, uh, Maya Rudolph. Um, so definitely go on sportscom and check it out. All right. I'm going to have the link yeah. in the description box so you guys can get on that site, learn more about women in sports, and buy some merch. Thanks so much, babes. Buy the merch. I love you guys. it for today i really hope that you enjoyed this conversation um and it's always great to chat with people who are doing new and innovative things in their profession in their work in their lives um so we enjoyed them and i hope that you get a chance to check out their site as well all of that is in the description box so you can connect with them Um, i do want to remind you to rate and subscribe now is a great time to share this podcast with your friends and family because they're home quarantine. What else are they going to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and share. Um, and we need good ratings. So the more that you do that, the more that we're able to do and produce and create. Um, and even though some of my uh, plans for the podcast have been pushed back by the quarantine, they haven't gone away. So we've got big, big plans and big, big goals. And uh, the only way for us to get there, if you enjoy this, is for you to share it with others. Again, you can always send me a voice memo. I would love to hear your voice. And you can send me an email at cocktailconvo7 at gmail.com. That's cocktailconvo7 at gmail.com. If you have a question or concern or just something fun you want to share, there's a good chance I may read it and share it with the people, especially if you're asking. Don't ask, I don't know if you want to ask me for advice, but still, send me an email. I would love to hear from you. Uh, normally, I have a song for the week, but I'll be honest, I've been listening to just old-fashioned, comforting, gospel, hymns, uh, just just, I've been burrowing mentally and spiritually. And so in a way, it's literally been nothing but hymns. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. It's been that. It's been precious, Lord. Take my hand. Lead me on. Because we in that kind of a... We're in a hymn season for me. Ugh. Next week... I'll be back with the fun stuff, though. Promise we'll be back with the fun. I love you guys. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Protect your heart and your parts. We're going to have a wonderful week, and you're going to have a great day. I love you. Bye, babies. Mwah.